Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome today to uh, Truth For Today, and we're going to be talking about faith and grace today. Uh, My name is Joseph Franta. I am uh, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and I am the president of Joseph Franta Ministries, and uh, I am so happy to be with you today. Uh, This is a wonderful day that we're living in. This is a glorious day. This is the day, literally, that the Lord has created, that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it because God is working in our lives. If we're a believer in Jesus Christ, then God is at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we're so excited to be with you today. I hope you're having a good day. And I'm going to get into some scriptures here uh, in Romans and in the book of Acts. I actually want to go to Romans chapter 1 first. Uh, This is Paul's introduction uh, to the book of Romans uh, in chapter 1. And we have here uh, him establishing his apostleship and uh, his ministry to the Gentiles. He was an apostle to the Gentiles. And in Romans chapter 1, Verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, a sent one, a messenger of the Lord, separated unto the gospel of God. In other words, his life was consecrated and separated unto God, which he had promised beforehand by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. He's referring here to the gospel of God. It was promised beforehand. It was preached initially to Abraham, and we'll see that in, in Galatians chapter 3, that God uh, preached the gospel to Abraham initially, uh, that he would be the father of uh, many nations and that all the nations would be blessed in him. That is the gospel. Uh, actually, the gospel message uh, contains the blessing of Abraham, and we'll touch on that a little bit today too. <clears throat> Now, which he had promised, which God had promised beforehand by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. We need to understand that the Scriptures are not just a common book. These have God's imprint all over uh, every, every verse of the Bible. And the Bible is a book of covenants, and we're not going to get into that today, but you need to know it. Uh, God made a covenant with Abraham. He, he made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with David. Uh, he made a covenant with Israel, and on and on it goes. And it is a book of covenants. And God says uh, in his word in Psalm 89, 34, that he does not, he said, I will not violate my covenant nor alter the words spoken from my mouth or my lips. So once God sets something in place. Once God makes a covenant, once God declares that something is and will be, it is set in line for eternity. 
And this is something we are going to understand more as we get into this whole subject of grace and faith. Now, uh, and he goes on and says, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. He was the son of David. Remember Bartimaeus, uh, the beggar? He's not a beggar. He wasn't a beggar anymore after he declared that. He said, oh, son of David, son of David, have mercy, or hesed, that is God's obligatory love based on his covenant. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, and he said, bring him to me. And so he threw off his uh, beggar's cape, and they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, be it done to you according to your faith. Go in peace and be whole. And of course, his sight was restored to Bartimaeus, and it says he followed him along the way. So he is the seed or the son of David. It's very important in prophetic scripture. Concerning his son, Jesus our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Just in this one verse alone, in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, we have so many truths. Number one, Jesus is declared the Son of God with power because of the resurrection from the dead, the power over death itself. According to the spirit of holiness, he was the innocent, spotless Lamb of God. He was the Holy One of Israel. He was, is, was and is the Messiah. Then it says, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, he proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was who he said he was, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, by whom we have received grace. Oh, this is so important, verse 5. By whom we have received grace. Grace, that's God's ability. That's God's power. That's God, God's goodness. Uh, you know, God gives us his grace. Uh, in other words, when it leaves God, it's grace. But when it comes to us, it's power or ability uh, to perform whatever God has called us to do. So, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. In other words, Paul realized that his ministry was by the grace of God and that he was called. He didn't, cho he didn't choose to be an apostle. He didn't even, you know, make a big deal out of it. He did declare it, but... Uh, an apostle is a sent one, a messenger, uh, one with a message, a divine message from God. And of course, the message uh, he brought was the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we'll see this. 
by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So God called him to preach the gospel among all the nations. How exciting. And God's called many of you to do the same. And you're going to learn how to walk in that place in God's grace. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You don't do it in your own ability. The Christian life is not lived in your or my ability, our own ability. It's lived by the life of Christ within us. And so we have here, among whom are you also called of Jesus Christ, talking to the Roman uh, church here, the believers at Rome, to all that be in Rome. So he's addressing it to all the church in Rome. Beloved of God. The first thing he mentions is God's love for them. Beloved. Oh, we're beloved of God. Get that down in your spirit that you're beloved of God. God's not angry with you. He's not frustrated with you. He's not even disappointed with you. He loves you. You're beloved of God. Your sins and your lawless deeds. He said, I will remember no more. So he doesn't even remember your sins. He only sees you in Christ as the beloved of the Father. <clears throat> and then it says, called to be saints. The word saints means set apart ones, consecrated ones. Grace to you. Oh, yes. Are you going through hardships, troubles, trials, tests, difficulties? Here's the answer understanding the grace of God for your life. Grace to you, not, you know, not anything else. God's power, God's ability, God's favor to your life. You're reconciled with him. So God gives you favor, ability, his power to walk through this life. And peace from God our Father, peace. In the Hebrew, it's shalom. In the Greek, it's peace. But what it means is perfect, uh, a state of perfect standing with God where uh, nothing is missing, nothing is broken. You're whole, you're sound, you're well. Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got three of the persons of the Trinity on your side, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. God is so grateful that you're one of his children, that you're in his kingdom, that you're one of, uh, that you're a citizen of heaven one of his people, you belong to God, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Wow. Uh, these people in Rome were really getting with it, and their faith in God was very active, and it was being spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness. You know, the witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of Paul was witnessing certain things to him or testifying to him about certain things regarding this group of people. 
for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Paul walked in the spirit. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. This is something we need to adopt in our Christian life, a prayer life, praying for others. You know, the more we pray for others, the less we'll have to pray for ourselves. God will take care of our business if we'll just put his business first. Remember Jesus said when he was uh, circumcised at uh, 12 years old, uh, he said, uh, I have to be about my father's business. God's doing business, and we can do business with him. That's for all you businessmen out there. God wants to do business with you, for you, and through you, if you'll just learn to yield to his mighty Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He'll guide you, quicken you, make things come alive to you, and you'll see things you've never seen in business. And he'll make you so successful through just listening to his voice, through the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So he says that without ceasing, remember, talks about praying without ceasing. Boy, we're in a day and an hour where we really need to obey that. Pray without ceasing. I make mention of you always in my prayer. You know, you don't have to pray an hour for somebody. Just make mention of them before God. That's enough. If God hears it, it's done. Verse 10, making request if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you. Oh, my goodness. Paul had the heart of the Savior on the inside of him. He had the heart of the Lord. For I long to see you. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, the Lord is talking in Isaiah 30, 18. He says, for I long to be gracious to you says, the Lord, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. For God is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. So the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and he longs for you to desire him, to have a longing for him. So important. I tell you, uh, the key to faith is longing for God's will to be done in your life. The will of God, oh my, when you enter the will of God, and I want to say this to all the businessmen out there and all the men and women in business, when you find the will of God for your life, you discover the calling that God has placed on you. When you begin to live in the will of God, the calling on your life, what God's called you to do and be, the calling 
on your life is revealed to you. Many times people say, I just don't know, uh, you know what to do, where to go. I don't know what, I'm, I'm not real good at making decisions. None of us are without Jesus. But you know, God will help you. He'll guide you in the path that you should go. He'll make his way known to you. He will make known to you the path of life. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Oh, this is so important. People of God, believers in Jesus Christ, find the will of God. Pray that you'll be filled with the will of God for your life. Pray that you'll find it. It's something you have to discover. No one could actually tell you what it is. But when you discover it and you move into the will of God, you'll have revelation of what God has called you to do in this life. And there's nothing that remotely compares with doing what God has called you to do in this life. Not only is every blessing yours in, in abundance, but you can be filled with God himself. I think this is the greatest blessing, to be filled with God himself, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the nature of God, to have that peace that passes all understanding manifesting on the inside of your life where you're not troubled, you're not anxious, uh, you know, you're, you're not overly concerned because you know that God has you in the palm of his hand. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, behold, I have written you, I've written your name on the palms of my hands. Your builders hurry. Your destroyers and devastators will depart from you. Oh, what a truth. Behold, I have written you on the palms of my hands. If that isn't the most secure place in the universe, I don't know what is to be in the palm of God's hands. It says your builders hurry. In other words, I, I'm doing a quick work. I'm building you up, preparing you for your life's work. And your destroyers and devastators, all those that have opposed you and resisted you and caused you grief, your destroyers and devastators will depart from you. What a promise. Stand on it. I remember when I was a young believer, I stood on that promise and God brought it to pass in my life. And I entered a ministry that I never dreamed was possible by the grace and goodness of God. He's got the same thing for you, friend. He's got the same thing for you, church. Every one of you has a great, magnificent call from God on your life. And maybe you don't know exactly what it is now. <clears throat> don't worry. As you seek God, he'll bring it to you and make it clear to you and he'll even open up the doors for you to walk in it. Remember Jesus, he's the door. He said, I'm the door. 
And then later on he said in the book of Revelation, he said, I open doors that no man can shut. And I shut doors that no man can open. Maybe some of the doors in your life that have been shut are not a mistake. Maybe God didn't want you to go that way, so that door closed. But keep your eyes on Jesus, because as you do, new doors will open for you, doors of opportunity, success, fruitfulness, and prosperity, doors of increase. They'll open for you, just like they did in the Bible for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and for many, many saints who have chosen to walk the path with God. It's a great path, a great life. I can attest to it. I'm so blessed just to have fellowship with God every day of my life. I don't deserve it. I could, not, I could never earn it or merit it. But God, out of his grace and goodness, comes to me as I draw near to him, and he reveals things to me and gives me his peace and joy. Oh, my goodness, people of God, spend time with the Lord. Don't neglect spending time with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul says to the Roman church here, verse 11, Romans chapter 1, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established or stabilized or grounded. Paul had some gifts on the inside of him that were very powerful gifts. They were apostolic and prophetic gifts. He was also a teacher of the Word of God, a very anointed teacher of the Word of God. God used Paul to write 13 books in the New Testament more than any other apostle or writer. There's only 27 books in the New Testament, and Paul wrote 13 of them. <laughs> Almost half the New Testament was written by Paul as he yielded to the Holy Spirit. And quite a few of those books in the New Testament were written while he was incarcerated in prison sometimes dungeons. It was absolutely miraculous. This Bible is a miraculous work of God that he's preserved for all generations. Now verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I like this verse a lot because it shows the power of unity, the power of agreement. That is that I, Paul, may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. You know, you can be encouraged. I can be encouraged by another person's faith. And my faith and your faith can encourage other people's faith. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but, you know, worship together in the spirit of holiness. Fellowship together. 
because God is inside of all the people of his church. We're the temple of God. It's not the brick and stone. It's us. We're the church, the body of Christ. And Paul said, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Wow. I mean, we should meditate on these things a little bit. The Spirit of God lives in us, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of comfort, the Spirit of counsel, and don't forget, the Spirit of joy. Oh, it's wonderful to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to stop there, and now I'm going to turn to another place. Actually, I'm going to turn to Ephesians 2. Because I want you to see something about salvation itself. Salvation is not a human work. Salvation is the work of God himself. He, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, has become our salvation. Jesus, in the Greek, his name means salvation, preservation, safety, wholeness. He is our salvation, Jesus Christ. And God has given to us a sure salvation, a secure salvation in Jesus Christ. I don't know your history, but God does. And he's going to use every bit of it for his glory. I can tell you that because he used mine that way. No matter what your history has been, God will use it in someone else's life to teach, to train, instruct, and to give them wisdom. And in Ephesians chapter 2, in this whole book, I'm telling you, I, you know, you can turn to any, any chapter in this book. Let's just go to Ephesians 1 and read the first four verses. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you. He starts almost every epistle this way. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings or every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You may not know it and you may not feel like you're blessed, but if you're in Christ, the Bible says you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And then it says, verse 3, or verse 4, according as he has chosen us, chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, your life was not an accident by any means. God chose you before the foundation of the world. He knew you. He knew, the Bible says, your unformed substance when there was not yet any of it. He knew you in your mother's womb. And he has placed gifts and a call or callings upon your life. 
according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of sons or children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Oh, there it is again. Grace upon grace. It says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came or were realized by Jesus Christ. And it says later on there that in John chapter 1, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. Understand this about Jesus Christ. He's the person of grace and truth and life. You know, Jesus, when you come to him in, ever, in whatever state you are, he'll give you his grace, his ability, his power. He'll comfort you, strengthen you, and give you wisdom. He won't reject you, look down on you, or condemn you. He took your judgment and condemnation when he died on the cross. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's gotta be some of the best news of the good news, that there is therefore now no condemnation, no judging of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's literally wiped our sins away washed them away, buried them in the deepest sea, cast them behind his back, and removed them from us as far as the east is from the west. Those are all scriptures. I want to pray for you today. I know some of you are searching, and I want you to know that today your search can be over. If this podcast has spoken to your heart. Receive the grace of God into your life today. Follow this. Repeat after me and follow this prayer. Father God, I open my heart to your grace, your goodness. I repent of my sins and I receive the grace of eternal life. I receive Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins and accepting me just as I am, as your son or your daughter, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next time. Thank you for uh, listening today to Truth For Today with Joseph Frana Ministries. 